I'm Isabel Gontier, Chief Assessment Officer at PSI Services, and I invite you to delve deep into the world of testing with me. Every episode, I'll be on the virtual couch with experts from the testing industry, engaging in conversations about the latest developments in our field. Your quest for testing knowledge starts here. So welcome to episode three of our Tried and Tested podcast, where we will have, I know for sure, a very insightful conversation on AI in assessment. I'm Isabel Gonzier, your podcast host, um, and I have the immense pleasure and privilege to be joined here in Seattle, the epicenter of AI, by David Younger. So welcome, David, to podcast. Thank you, Isabel. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to have uh, a part in your, in your amazing production. This is awesome. I'm glad that, again, we're trying to make that happen where we're actually in the same room together. So this is great. So I always start those podcasts with a little bit of backstory from from the guests in terms of, you know, how you got into the assessment world. Everybody has a very unique and interesting story. So definitely interested in hearing yours, David. Fantastic. Well, I'm an educator at heart. Uh, I've always had a passion for teaching and learning. Uh, many people in my family who are teachers. In fact, uh, my mom, my dad, uh, stepmom, father-in-law, creating growth opportunities for others was always in a front and center in our family. And my undergrad is in secondary education, and I got a Fulbright scholarship to go teach in Germany. Uh, it was a profound experience coming out of college, and that really changed me and gave me a love and a passion for, uh, for people and helping them excel in their careers. Fast forward, late 90s, tech sector is on fire. I joined a dot-com, dot-bomb startup on a path to IPO. That's so familiar to, to many of you. And all of that set me up with the skills to join Pearson View in 2001. And after half a career in assessments and the other half in technology, mostly at Microsoft, I launched Vital in 2019. And since 2020, we've had the honor of serving the assessments industry with AI which is changing the world for all of us fast. And ultimately, assessments are the key. Uh, they're the key to empowering learners to become earners and to play a role in, in really millions of people achieving their dreams. And it's all about transforming lives at the end of the day. And you do that through transformed livelihoods. And to me, that's a thrill. Well, this is great. I really like the connection to helping people achieve their, achieve their dreams. This is so important. And it's interesting to see your background and how you got there. Because again, as I was saying, like every path is unique. And, and the combination of the technology aspect, the from an assessment standpoint, and being able to leverage that to then like go on with your own business, with your own plans, leveraging your experience and expertise. I think that this is, this is great. This is great to hear. And this is great to see as well in terms of what, what you're doing and what you're accomplishing. Well, thank you. It, it's, it's a thrilling time to be on planet earth and, and certainly to be running a company in this space uh, for all of us in assessments and technology. And really AI is the most powerful human invention since the dawn of the nuclear age. The pace and the scale of the change we're experiencing right now is breathtaking. And it's particularly profound in assessments, right? So welcome to the AI arms race. And I believe every single leader needs a battle plan. And that's why I started Vital. 
uh, we're, we're addressing that burning question that's on the mind of all of us and probably all of you and every CEO, which is how can AI improve my business? Yeah, it's fascinating, though, because part of it is kind of it's super exciting, but it's also a little scary. So, yeah, what's that kind of what's really important when you think about how um, things are changing very, very quickly? And I think that's the scary part is that we don't know what we don't know. We don't know where it's going. But at the same time, it's important to, at minimum, have a form of a plan, have a certain level of understanding. You know, might not have all the answers, but you need to get ready, basically. So how how does that play out from your perspective? Well, it's exactly right. I think none of us have all the answers, right? Uh, and yet in the four years since we've launched Vital, uh, we've consulted with over a thousand leaders on data and AI. And what we've seen is remarkable. Uh, that And you and I, in fact, Isabel, we saw this together at the e-assessments AI panel in London and again at the ATP Security Summit and again at Council on Test Security in Phoenix. Uh, just just in the last several months. And the headline is this, that every single leader knows AI is the key to accelerating their growth, but only the top 5% have an AI strategy. And so now's the time. Uh, now's the time to lean in uh, because it's simpler than most people imagine. And so we've tried to break down the complexity for people into three simple steps. Because I, I am a simple guy at the end of the day, I want things easy and uh, it's three steps, ready, set, go. Get your data ready, set your strategy and go get a quick win. Yeah, and that's the thing. Sometimes people, when they think about establishing a plan, they think, oh, it has to be complicated. It has to include all of the elements. You know, you you think of the concept of a business plan and it sounds complex, but it doesn't have to be complex, complicated. It can be simple. It's a matter of understanding how you're going to go about it. So I really like sort of how you're positioning that. I think it's critical. Yeah, well, thank you. It's uh, It's been an exciting journey and uh, it's been exciting to be on that journey together with you and uh, conferences and, and podcasts and it's a great opportunity. Thank you. Well, that's why it's great to be here. And then we had, uh, as David was mentioning, we had the pleasure of, of being on panels together. Um, and it, it's really great to see how the conversation is going and how the conversation is evolving. Uh, you know, within one month after the other, the topic is similar. The topic is the same. But how we're going about it, the questions, the engagement with the audience changes along the way because we uh, there's something new almost every day. And again, it's not about being afraid of it. It's about embracing it and saying, what are we going to do with this? How are we sizing the opportunity? So, well, that's exactly right. You know, a lot of us are afraid right now where that it's that deer in the headlights moment, right? Where there's this bright, shiny object and is it a threat or is it an opportunity? And the reality is it's both. And like, like many of your viewers as well, uh, you and I were you know, both in Dallas at ATP when ChatGPT4 was unleashed the day of the conference. And literally overnight, we watched AI pass a plethora of exams with flying colors. Uh, exams like uh, the GRE verbal, 99th percentile, 93rd percentile on the SAT, perfect five out of five, perfect score on the AP bio exam, uh, high school. Uh, and, and most surprisingly, perhaps, uh, that it performed better than 90% of America's best and brightest attorneys on the bar exam. We're talking, you know, essay questions, case law. Uh, and Bill Gates actually, interesting story, uh, he wrote a letter about a year ago and 
uh, he had told OpenAI, don't even bother me with this AI stuff because I'm busy, you know, saving people's lives and ending malaria and ending uh, diseases. And, and uh, if you got something significant, uh, you'll know it when you can pass the AP biology exam. And he sent them away thinking it was going to be years and it was actually weeks. And if it shocked Bill Gates, it's certainly understandable that it's, we're all trying to make sense of it, right? And, but there's, there's an extreme amount of hype. And, and if you look at the Gartner hype cycle, um, you see generative AI at the extreme end of the hype curve, kind of at the top. And on the other end, really reaching that plateau of productivity, you have intelligent applications and computer vision. And there's, there's tools out there all over the map, but I think we all, we all just need to hit the pause button and ask ourselves, you know, how do I drive competitive advantage? Um, and to also be aware of what are the things that could drive a hole through your business in a second. And so that's all about, at the end of the day, uh, bringing it back to assessments. How do you balance exam integrity with efficiency and scale? How do you ensure equitable and fair opportunity for everyone. And these are the big questions that deserve really a thoughtful and holistic approach. Absolutely. And I think that's where it's really important for us to embrace because, um, you know, we know, and I know, and I'm going to make a statement here that nobody's going to be surprised about is that um, the, the testing and measurement industry, the assessment industry is typically very conservative in the way they approach things. Not everyone. It's not about everyone being conservative, but as an industry, things are moving slowly. It's about precision. It's about accuracy. It's about high stakes, which is all really important. But at the same time, the flip side of that is that sometimes we move slowly and don't necessarily um, size the opportunities as quickly as, as we could. So it's, it's a matter of saying it's there. How do we work with it? How do we protect ourselves as well, because it's a combination of both. From an assessment standpoint, there's opportunities to build up efficiencies in how we're developing assessments. Think about assessments differently as well, because I think that's, that's one of the key questions. We need to think about how we're assessing. We'll need to evolve. We'll need to change. And then also not getting like scared and worried that, oh, it, the, the generative AI uh, chat GPT is passing all of those exams. Well, there's ways to protect ourselves, to protect the integrity of the administration process, to prevent people to use uh, those types of tools to complete successfully complete exams. So it's kind of a balancing act between embracing using AI uh, for what it's worth, but also protecting ourselves. So yeah, I think that those elements are really critical. It's that duality. It's a duality, exactly right. Uh, it's a both and. Uh, this world tends to live at the extremes, right? But I think we need to get comfortable with the, you know, the the common sense in the middle, uh, and the wisdom there. And look, my kids and I are uh, just to kind of like throw an analogy out there. We're big Marvel fans, and uh, in a word, I, I think we need uh, a tool to make us better human beings, uh, to make us more effective and to give us that superpower. And I think that's what AI can do if it's done right. So in a word, I think it's Jarvis. Uh, I think that was Iron Man's AI, uh, or better yet, Iron Woman. Uh, but you know, there's threats out there in the industry that are unchanged from an assessment standpoint, right? Uh, there are proxy test taking, VPN hacks, cheating in all its forms, and theft of IP. And the difference is now, for the first time, you have 
the bad guys with the superpower, right? Uh, Iron Man's got a supervillain to fight. And so, you know, you have AI that can pass most of our exams with flying colors, as we talked about. But, you know, the threat is not ChatGPT. Uh, it's not generative AI. It just puts those existing threats on steroids. So the way to combat, combat them is really to fight fire with fire. And, you know, the bad guys have plenty of ammunition, so we need to arm our team and arm our proctors with world-class AI capabilities at the end of the day. And I think that's where the human aspect is critical, is that there's huge opportunities from, yes, unfortunately, from a bad guy standpoint to try to gain a, an, an unfair advantage. But then when we look at it in terms of protecting our processes um, to protect the integrity of our programs, there's so much that can be done. Leverage both the technology and the people, making people more efficient in, in the long run. Same thing when you think about assessment development, like you know, we, we know, like, and I've been having conversations with lots of people about that. We know subject matter experts that get involved in developing exam questions. The most arduous task for, for a subject matter expert is actually creating exam questions, starting from scratch. So there's an opportunity to leverage AI that way, but then making sure that there's, there's a number of considerations, but in the end, it's making sure that you're leveraging the humans, the people, the subject matter experts in the way where you're building efficiencies with them, you're leveraging on their skills in a different way, but they're still there, they're still critical. So both from a development and an administration standpoint, we are basically looking at ways of leveraging that technology, those tools that sound scary, but at the same time can build so much efficiency and making us better. So we're not going away. Humans are not going away. They're actually going to be just way better at everything they do. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I think that's exactly the right way to look at it. Um, look, I mean, I, I think there's, there's a few key things that are just going to become uh, table stakes, right, for, for better or worse, right? And, uh, you know, as, an, as just a foundation, people need to understand if you're running, you know, uh, running a test, uh, run it in a secure browser, as an example, right? This is just, you know, table stakes. And because there are numerous AI applications that can now hack in and, and actually cheat on exams. Uh, and that's just, we're only seeing the early days of that. Uh, but I think it, it, to combat it, there's, there's like a five things we need to think about. One, security at scale um, requires human-centric AI, right? So as we talked about, putting humans at the center computer vision, predictive analytics, cybersecurity to ensure the environment is going to become uh, to secure. And uh, Gartner talks about this. Uh, they've talked about uh, human-centered AI and edge computer vision really at what they call the bullseye of now on their uh, emerging trends impact radar. And second is uh, dual camera. Uh, look, uh, the, the world of single camera and uh, you know, it is easily uh, uh, circumvented. Um, just, you know, take a phone and slide it under your webcam, right? Um, and those phones can do more than, than most people can do, right? As we talked about. And so the, the enemy is uh, proxy test taking and cheating. And people with malicious intent who are armed with a phone that's powered by generative AI, right? Um, so the, the testing models that move to dual webcam, I think, are going to become more and more critical. And then three, AI can be super powerful to detect things that shouldn't be in, in, in a space. Uh, you can see behind me, there's a plant. Uh, that plant is something that a computer can be trained to recognize or maybe a, a, a 
portion of the whiteboard behind me. Uh, and if I see that there are bad actors in 100 consecutive exams with a similar environment, um, AI is going to pick up on that. Where 100 different proctors proctoring those 100 exams, or at least a dozen different proctors, they're not going to notice. And so that's, that's where we can make uh, humans better uh, and more effective at their jobs to take appropriate action. And then fourth, uh, leveraging the API calls uh, to run computer vision with read-only access, eyes off. Um, so whether you're creating content or delivering exam, uh, your, your candidate data stays secure in your cloud, in your country, not sitting on third-party cloud. Um, and the, the major hyperscalers all have good, good options for that. And lastly, uh, anti-bias by design. Uh, to ensure that your your proctors have been uh, proactively, or your providers as well, have been proactively trained uh, and trained the AI to be anti-bias by design. And so that requires humans in the loop. It's actually the law. And if those decisions impact someone's career, um, it's it's absolutely um, legally mandatory. So um, you got to address bias. You got to address privacy. Um, train across a wide variety of uh, skin tones, lighting conditions, camera quality, bandwidth. Every day there's stories coming out in the press where um, where that's not done and, and people pay the price. So again, power humans to make better, more accurate decisions at scale. Um, and, and I think as generative AI becomes exponentially more powerful in the months and years ahead, it's going to become exponentially more pivotal that we um, that we put these principles in place and develop new ones as, as we go forward. So I don't know. Does any of that resonate? Oh, absolutely. And I think there's just so many key considerations there where, as we were saying earlier, unfortunately, we don't have all the answers, but it, it's okay because that is that shows the evolution, innovation. It's 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 the the, the story of, of us as humanity. Like we, we we continue to progress because we don't have all the answers. And and I know there's still lots of, of considerations from a legal standpoint in terms of what does that mean? Um, uh, the the use of, of AI tools um, to, to for detection, but also the, AI, the use of AI tools for generating content, who wants the copyright, how does that work? So all of these elements, and you know, neither of us are, are, are legal experts, but we know, like we know those are um, key considerations and key discussion points that we need to be aware of and pay attention to as well and get proper advice for that. And also, I think one point that resonates really well from my perspective is this whole concept of bias. And again, that is that is a hard one. That's a difficult one because it's there. There are concerns and issues related to bias in terms of from a recognition standpoint, but also um, from a generative AI standpoint, when um, looking at pulling content, where does that content get pulled from? Is it content that's you know already inherently bias from the get-go. And again, that's where um, I always like to bring back the, the, the subject matter experts when we think about exam development per se, is that um, it's an additional level of review protection to help assist. If you have a diverse pool of subject matter experts, you are able to add layers and try to counteract some of those challenges or at, minim at minimum address those proactively. So... Yeah, and and it's a uh, it's a journey, and I think the moment you address one, there's you know five others that uh, that un unfold. Uh, it's whack-a-mole, right? And uh, so we have to be uh, prepared to to do that. Uh, example, uh, you know, there's AI-based hacker applications, uh, as I mentioned. Um, you mentioned uh, bias. You mentioned uh, 
you know, I think content protection. Uh, the, the New York Times uh, just just in December uh, filed suit against OpenAI and Microsoft, uh, citing copyright infringement arising from unauthorized uh, copying and use of millions of the Times articles to train uh, generative AI models and tools and uh, commercialized products that you know, display the Times journalism on the one hand, and then on the second hand, in cases uh, they, they claim wrongly attributing false information to the Times, uh, actually creating stories that you know never existed. And so I think that this case has some pretty significant implications for our industry, regardless of the outcome, particularly when it comes to the misperception that exam content can just be you know, created by generative AI and leveraged as is. So that's not true. A buyer beware there. Uh, and, and be exceedingly careful. Uh, not, not, I just want to encourage all of you, not only how you use the content, but what you're giving it. So I, I call it the four C's. Uh, be careful with your content, your contracts, your code, and your confidential information. And if, if you're not sure that the tools you're using are 100% eyes off and that your data stays your data, uh, then you need to rethink what tools you're using and how you're using them. And so uh, the, the answer, look, the, the, is not to run and hide and stick our heads in the sand. As an industry and as organizations, we need an AI battle plan. Yeah. And, and, and even like as you were talking, one of the things I was thinking about is that be inquisitive, have an inquisitive mind. Ask yourself the questions um, to help you kind of make sure you're being critical, self-critical, critical of what's around you. But more importantly, I think inquisitive is probably the proper word here because that's what's going to help you make sure that you're asking yourselves and the, the people around you and your organization the right questions to be able to move in the direction you need to move, not stall, but at the same time, not being reckless in, in that approach. So I think it's great. And, and I think it's interesting because I know if I would, I would, I would have asked you five years ago, where do you think we're going to be as you kind of started, started your company with that vision in mind and, 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 but where are we, where are we going and what, what do you think it's going to look like in the future? <laughs> Who can, it's only, we can only imagine, right? Uh, who could have imagined uh, where we'd be today? If you asked me, you know, Isabel, five years ago, do I think that we'd see AI that can pass the bar exam in 2023? I would have said, no way. Uh, the pace of change is just moving faster than any of us can fathom. And my greatest worry, uh, for especially for incumbent players in this space, is on the product side. And you know, will assessments look the same in 2029 five years from now as they do in 2024. And I think we can all say probably the answer is no. And so who decides what that future looks like? We all do. And so it's it's time to disrupt or be disrupted. And and when you ask the question, like, is it going to look like the way it looks like now? And my answer would be like, I certainly hope not, because I think it would be an absolute missed opportunity for us not to consider how technology can help us bring us to the next level. Uh, as I was mentioning earlier, thinking about different ways of assessing, uh, yes, the tr traditional approaches are reliable, 
they are uh, giving us the information we need to make critical decisions. But there are different ways of doing that. And I think that the push uh, that we're seeing with generative AI specifically is forcing us from a testing standpoint, from an education standpoint, to really reassess and rethink how we're doing things. Because um, I like to use the, the analogy of, of the calculators. Before calculators, you know, obviously we're still doing some longhand calculations. But, um, you know, if we hadn't modified the way we were teaching and assessing math, not to take into account calculators, um, that would have been a big, big mistake. And I think here with AI, you know, in terms of being able to generate essays, generating some uh, papers, um, we need to then reframe how we're doing this to get to that next level and embrace the tool, leverage the tool. You know, similar to calculators. You know, that's a simple example, but I think it's 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 an interesting one to just make an analogy. Yeah, I, th I think it's right. You know, education had to adjust, assessments had to adjust uh, when when calculators hit the market, and uh, we're certainly having to adjust now. And uh, you know, the the world didn't end, so there there is hope. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, those who moved to computer based testing quickly in those days and found a way to secure. Uh, the experience uh, gained an advantage, uh, as, as I learned in the early days uh, in the industry back in the early 2000s. So I think we're going to see, you know, really a once in a generation opportunity uh, to reinvent in, in a similar yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. So really, at this point, it's it's kind of as we think of, of, of wrapping up the conversation, uh, for me, you know, there's so many elements that we need to keep in mind. I, need, I, I think we need to continue the conversation. Um, this is just the start. This is just the beginning. And, and, and it's exciting in, in a way. Um, what what excites you the most when you think about what's ahead of us and as we continue to arm ourselves uh, to be prepared for what's coming and, again, um, embrace it? You know, what, what's most exciting to you, David? Yeah, just seeing people, uh, seeing catch fire, right? Seeing teams which, you know, all of us sit in organizations, big or small, where there's silos, right? There's operations, there's finance, there's technology, there's marketing, there's sales, there's legal, et cetera, et cetera. And we, we all kind of, there's test development, right? There's test security. Uh, it, there, we all tend to sit in our, in our own space. And, um, and, and the, the collaboration across uh, can be sometimes stifled by uh, politics. And, and it's not the corporate culture that all of us dream of. And so what, uh, what have we found is that, you know, when you, when you lead people, leadership is leading people from here to there. Right. And uh, and and the thing is, you can't stay here. If everyone agrees we can't stay here, that's step one. Step two is to say, well, why? To kind of quote Simon Sinek. Right. And then where where are we going? What does success look like? Well, what we've uh, we found in, in, in a half day workshop that we're running is that we're able to get these teams, which may not agree on every budget decision uh, to completely come to a place of unity around a small, medium, or large size investment and a roadmap around AI to say, okay, here's this current threat to our business, here's where we're going, here's the opportunity for growth, and, and uh, without fail, there's a unanimous uh, unity that comes out of this, and that drives this incredible uh, shared vision, shared passion, and shared action with the whole organization moving as one 
uh, together forward. And uh, the, the cultural shift that you get when you have that shared vision and that shared excitement, it drives people's careers, it drives retention, it drives recruitment, um, it drives obviously uh, business growth and competitive advantage. And so that to me is to see the, the joy and the excitement and the success uh, coming out of that is uh, is why we do what we do. Yeah, no, and it's so win-win-win. I, I love this. And it's extremely inspiring when you think of it. So really, in, in the end, uh, what I would encourage our, our listeners, our viewers to do is that think think about this as an opportunity. Think about what you, how you want to look at a plan. Again, doesn't have to be very complicated, but think about your plan. Right. Get the help and support you need. You know, engage within your, the people in your organization, but also outside of your organization. Uh, look at the considerations in using AI in in how it could be uh, used within your organization. How whether it, you're a credentialing organization, an association, a service provider. There's so many different approaches. And, and again, um, let's keep the conversation going because it's the beginning of something that's going to become bigger and bigger. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to maybe in a year from now, sitting, sitting here again with you, David, and saying, where are we? Like, are you surprised in terms of where we're at at this point in time? And I suspect the answer is going to be yes. So I'm quite confident of that. I'd love to just ask if we have a moment. Uh, I know you're, you know, the one really leading this uh, dialogue, but you're the expert when it comes to exams and uh, um, really designing uh, thoughtful exams. You, you've got a PhD uh, in that. So I'd love to just hear your your vision for where you think uh, the world is going, the industry is going, and uh, and uh, any, any words of wisdom that you have for us. Yeah, well, to me, I, I, again, you know, I, not to repeat myself, but it's kind of like thinking about leveraging the technology to start thinking differently, challenge ourselves as psychometricians, as testing experts to really look above and beyond uh, the traditional multiple choice types of questions we have, the, the processes we have in place, the long cycles that we have in play when we're, we're developing examinations. Um, so balancing the rigor, the integrity with the opportunity to build efficiencies and, and getting to different types of results. I think that's the key, getting to something different that will still give us the information we need to have uh, because assessment is about protecting ourselves. We talked about in the first episode about without assessment, it would be chaos. So how do we uh, continue to make sure that we're having the value that we need to get from the, the types of assessments that we have, that we don't become obsolete um, and actually we get uh, more from it and leveraging the technology, leveraging the AI tools in a way will allow us to do that. So I, I guess that's probably would be my answer to that is, is just, again, embrace it, um, but also make sure you know what you're doing. So um, don't, don't, don't dive in into like head on saying, this is what we're going to do. This is the future. Um, ask the right questions. Make sure you get the right experts working with you. Um, and I think that um, it provides massive opportunities. Massive opportunities. Ready, Absolutely. set, go. Absolutely. Ready, set, go. Well, thanks, David. I really, really enjoy this conversation. Like I said, let's keep 
keep it going. There's going to be a number of conferences coming up. Uh, looking forward to having this conversation with all of you out there. And um, AI is the future. AI is the present. And it's going to get us uh, to be continue to be innovative. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, David. Well said. Thank Thanks, you. Isabel.